Okay, so that concludes 20 minutes of meditation. I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed and join me in the third step prayer. We're going to do the prayer very slowly and very deliberately, just like the meditation, one breath at a time, one line of the prayer at, at a time, with a few breaths in between each line to try to practice what it's asking me to do or what it's asking me to not do. So for me, the first line of the prayer is the word God. I breathe in God. And I believe that the prayer is asking me to make a connection, to connect with this thing called God. So I take a few breaths and I continue calling to this thing we call God or higher power, infinite intelligence. I breathe out the next line of the prayer. I offer myself to thee. And I take a few breaths. And I look at that commitment, my commitment to that statement. Do I offer myself to my higher power today, right now? And how committed am I to that offering? Breathe in, to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. And I take a few breaths and I try to get a sense or a feeling or a knowing of what my higher power might want to build with me or do with me today, right now. out, relieve me of the bondage of self, and I take a few breaths, and I try to get a sense of what it might feel like, or sound like, or be like, if I had no bondage of self, no old ideas, no opinions, no story. that I may better do thy will. <clears throat> and I take a few breaths and I just contemplate how much better I could do God's will if I had a quiet mind. 
and I breathe out, take away my difficulties. And I take a few breaths. And I think about my day-to-day so far. And I think about what has been my difficulties. What has gotten in the way of me being the person that I think God would have me be today so far. Victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. And I take a few breaths and I think about the rest of my day today. And I think about the people I might come in contact with. And I think about how I might affect them. If I truly was an example of God's will, God's love, God's power, and God's way of life. And I breathe out the last line of the prayer. May I do thy will always. myself to smile and I picture myself doing God's will always right now and whenever you're ready gently open your eyes Allow yourself to become aware of the seeing that's happening right now, now that my eyes are open. I try to just put my consciousness on the, on the, on the seeing, not on what I'm seeing, but on the idea that I am seeing and that seeing is happening. with no story about what I'm seeing. Just being present, just breathing in, breathing out. You're probably hearing my voice right now and you're probably seeing and you might become aware that your butt is on a chair. (laughs) You might feel the sensation of the chair or your clothes or the air blowing around your room. Just take a few breaths and get present to what is with your eyes open. This is the best moment there ever was. (laughs) This moment right now. This is the best one because this is the only one Right here, right now, this is the only moment I have. This is the only moment I could be present. 
This is the only moment I could have a relationship with a higher power or with another person or with whatever's happening right now in my life. So I'm Randy and I'm alcoholic. I'm allergic to alcohol. Can never ever drink alcohol successfully again, ever, one day at a time today because I'm allergic to it, not because alcohol is good or bad. I'm allergic. The reason I'm allergic to alcohol is because I drank it a lot. And I drank it a lot because alcohol treated my disease. My disease is not alcohol. My problem is not alcohol. My solution for a very, very, very long time. I am? Oh. You froze on the reason you were an alcoholic. Wow. I am in a hotel and I'm on there. Maybe I should do my personal hotspot. Give me one second. I'll try and change over to my phone. No, I don't have enough bars to do that. Can you guys hear me okay now? Okay. So the reason I'm alcohol, uh, the, the reason I'm allergic to alcohol is because I have a disease. The disease is called alcoholism. It centers in my mind. It's a disease. It's a mind-powered disease. It's a disease that's in my mind. It's a disease that talks to me in my own voice. Today, every day that I wake up, I still have this disease. It doesn't affect me so much today, but I still have it. And any time I ask me, how I'm doing, my disease is happy to tell me how much, how am I doing? And here's how it decides how am I doing. It decides how am I doing by how much money I have in the bank. If I've made a sale today, if I'm getting along with my wife today, if I'm getting what I want out of the relationship with my wife today, maybe I should say it that way. And, and if self is getting what it wants, if self is pleased, that's how I can tell you how I'm doing today. But how I'm doing has nothing to do with my outsides, with those things. How am I doing is, is, is really based on what's going on inside of me. How am I doing is, how, am I connected to my higher power right now? Am I present in this moment? Am I able to feel my breath going in and out of my body right now? With alcoholism, I have a disease. The disease talks to me. It talks to me in my own voice. And it manifests all through the day, every day, as an unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry, easily frustrated, and can't stand the word no. And I know a lot of you have heard me say that over and over and over, every Wednesday, every Saturday, every day. Every day, I have to be reminded that there's a thing called alcoholism. It shows up as Randy. It thinks it's me. It is filled with perceptions. And I believe that all of my perceptions are true. And based on all of the experiences that I've had in alcoholism with a warped mind and the perceptions that I've gone through with this warped mind, I have made up a story. I've made up a story about parents and who parents are and how parents affect me 
and what I like and don't like about parents. I've made up a story about me as a father. I've made up a story about my wife as a wife and what wives should be. And through all of my relationships with women, I have a story about women. I have a story about each individual one that I spent time with, and I have a collective story about women. And all of these things have been made, <clears throat> all of this story, all of this stuff that makes up who Randy is, and Randy is an alcoholic with alcoholism, with an unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind. And all of those perceptions are wrong, all of them. And the way that I found out that all of my perceptions were wrong was by doing the next, by living in the 12 steps of, of Alcoholics Anonymous. A lot of it happens in the fourth step. A lot of it happens when I see my resentments and I see how I resent you and how I've used what I think was your bad behavior to co-sign all of my bad behavior for the rest of my life. And I see that for the first time when I look at my part and I look at my delusions and my fears and my selfish, self-centered actions. <clears throat> and I get to see that this story is all made up, the whole thing. It's all made up because I have no idea why anybody does anything to me. And what I have found out is that most of the time people are just doing the best they can with what they have to work with. And it has absolutely nothing to do with me. I just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time if it was bad or in the right place at the right time if it was good. And good and bad is what my mind decided it would be. And, and because of this mind, and because this mind can't perceive reality as it really is, <clears throat> I stay in a state of restless, irritable, and discontent. I live there. And when I get into enough emotional pain, I'm going to do something to kill the pain. For as long as I could, I used alcohol to kill the pain. I used it over and over and over again to kill the pain of, the, of what my mind was telling me about what was happening in my life in the day that I was in with alcoholism, with no tools of recovery. And, and today I don't drink alcohol anymore and I don't take any mind-altering substances anymore, but I still turn to sugar and flour and caffeine and driving fast and shopping and sex and all kinds of other ways to try to distract me from this self-talking mind, this unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind. And all of those things have side effects. All of them do. And eventually, all those side effects catch up with me, just like alcohol did. And so there's another way to treat the disease. And the treatment is hidden in the 12 steps as a way of life. I thought because I had gone to the program and I thought because I had worked the steps with my sponsor and I thought because I was going to a meeting every day and I thought because my obsession to drink alcohol was removed that I had done all that was required of me in Alcoholics Anonymous to have a sober life. And then I didn't like my life sober. I didn't like the job I had. I didn't like the girl I was dating. I didn't like the place where I lived. 
I didn't like the car I was driving. I didn't like the lack of amount of money I had in the bank. I didn't like all these things. Sober. Treated, I thought. And so what I told myself was that I was just the world's most unlucky guy. Because it seemed to me like a lot of people in AA were sober and happy and joyous and free, whatever that meant. They seemed to be happy when I would show up at the meetings and they were all hugging each other and smiling and looking all happy. And inside I was dying. Because I had no idea what alcoholism was and I had no idea how to treat it. I know how to not drink one day at a time. I know how to not get drunk. I don't take the first drink, I don't get drunk. And then I don't have any of the problems of alcohol, none of them. But that's a far cry from being sober. That's a far cry from emotional sobriety, from being able to be present right here, right now, from being able to love my life exactly the way it is right now, no matter what. And that's what the program offers me. Because the program says, I have to let go of my old ideas, absolutely, or the result is nil. My old ideas are everything I think I know up until this moment right now. And that means everything I think I know in AA also. Because everything I think I know is built in the character that has alcoholism. The Earthride character I call Randy. Randy is built. It already has all its delusions, all the lies that it tells itself that it believes are true, that always get me into more fear and more trouble. And all the fears, the main fear, my biggest, main, biggest fear is that I'm really a loser and you're, everyone's going to find out and nobody's going to like me and they're all going to leave me and I'm going to be alone and broke and, and, and old and nobody to take care of me and then I'm going to die like that. That's my biggest fear, that I'm a loser and you're going to leave me. And that fear drives all of this crazy behavior. And in 60 to 63, it says all of my troubles, all of my troubles are basically of my own making. <laughs> I always laugh when I say that because it says, has the word basically in there. It has the word basically in there so that I can swallow that sentence without choking on it. Because all of my troubles today, I am well aware, very, very acutely aware that all of my troubles are of my own making. All of them. All of them. And I still have troubles. And I have troubles because my mind tells me, oh, no, we don't like this. This is not right. This shouldn't be this way. And I believe what it says because it's talking to me in my own voice. And it seems crazy that I would tell myself that I have a trouble when I didn't really have a trouble. That I would lie to myself seems crazy. And so I believe what I say and then I have a trouble. And self is a trouble machine. It's a problem making machine. That's all it does all day is make problems. Everything's a problem. It's a problem before I even get there. If I'm driving to the shopping center, I already have a parking problem. I didn't even leave my house yet, and I have a parking problem when I get to the shopping center. 
And the reason I have a problem when I get to the shopping center is because once or twice I drove to that shopping center and there wasn't ample parking and I had to park far away from the grocery store. And so now I have a problem. I have ju- haven't left the house yet. Now, that's crazy that I have that problem because I have another problem. I have a problem that I have to work all day today and that I might not get my walk in. I might not have time to do my mile and a half walk. So I got a problem. I got a parking problem because I'm going to have to park too far from the, from the supermarket. And my mind's telling me how terrible that is. And I have another problem that I'm not going to be able to walk enough today to get my exercise in. And all of that is of my own making. All of it. Because I'm asking self what it thinks about parking. And I'm asking self what it thinks about exercise. And I'm asking self what it thinks about everything. And I'm going to self for the power for my life. And the disease lives in self. And so I start to see my insanity. I am insane. I'm an insane person. I have an unsound mind. And I get in the car and I'm driving to the shopping market. I don't want to think about parking. I don't want to think about problems. They just pop into my head. No effort necessary. So I have to admit that I'm a complete defeat at being okay in this moment with my mind. I have to admit that I'm the wrong power for my life, that I cannot go to me for anything. And then when I get in my car, my only job in my car is to turn my car on, present, be present and turn my car on and not think about where I'm going and not think about what it's going to be like when I get there, to be present where I'm at. My hands are on the steering wheel. I've started the car, God. Could you help me put the car in in drive? Oh, by the way, where are we going? I feel intuitively guided to go to the grocery store. Is that what we should do? Okay, let's go. And I start rightly relating myself to my higher power. I start sharing my life with my higher power instead of with me. Because if I share it with me, I'm going to have problems because that's what I do. And when I share my life with my higher power, like that, down to the minutia of turning on the car, somehow turning on the car isn't painful. It's just turning on the car. And driving becomes interesting to see where I'm actually at, where I'm driving, where I'm at, instead of being five miles down the road already in the parking lot complaining about parking when I haven't even gotten there yet. None of that has to do with alcohol, except for this. If I get to the parking lot and I'm already mad about parking and somebody pulls into my parking spot that I saw first, but they were closer, but it's my spot because I saw it and they pull into it. Now I have a big problem, another big problem, because now I've let somebody push me around and take advantage of me. And now I gotta go stand up for myself. They don't even know I exist yet, but they're about to get a whole face full of Randy. And I'm gonna go up and tell them how rude they are and how they took my spot and it's my spot and they should have known that. And I'm gonna get in their face, maybe get into a fight. Maybe my wife's gonna throw me out of the house. Maybe I will be all alone again because of my crazy behavior. 
And then maybe the disease of alcoholism will say, look, loser, you can't even get into a parking spot without getting into a fight and losing everything. Maybe you should drink. And that's how it goes. So I'm an alcoholic. I have a disease called alcoholism. That is the way my alcoholism manifests in the day that I'm in. And if I don't treat it, if I don't turn, if I don't abandon that self and turn to this higher power, I'm going to have that kind of day, day after day after day, drunk or sober. Alcoholism does not get treated by not drinking. It does not get treated in time. Time away from alcohol does not make my alcoholism get better or less. It actually gets worse. And meetings don't treat my alcoholism. You're all at this meeting and, and maybe you're listening, maybe you're fantasizing about your own car and your own parking experiences. I don't know what you're doing. But you're here now, but being here is not treating your alcoholism. If you, if, if, if you don't have a relationship with your higher power, just like when I don't have a relationship with mine, my disease is not treated. It has to be treated if I'm going to have a good day today, if I'm going to have a good day, which means all that means is that my mind is quiet. That's a good day today. If I can go through the day with a quiet mind and not want to hurt anybody or myself, that's a good day. doesn't matter how much money I have in the bank. I seem to always have enough for everything that I need to be okay in this moment. That has been my experience. And I've often thought I'm going broke. Many times. Sometimes for years at a time, I'm going broke next week. I've said that to myself for years at a time. I'm running out of money. I'm going broke. But I never did. So I'm going to stop talking now. I appreciate you. Uh, I, I appreciate that you came here and meditated with me. And uh, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from all of you now. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to start doing right now. I'm going to start asking my higher power to help me hear what you say. Because if I don't ask my higher power to help me hear what you're saying, I will disconnect from this moment and I will start fantasizing either about something you're saying or about anything else under the sun. But if I don't ask my higher power to help me be present and to listen and to hear what you're saying, I will not hear what you say. So uh, we're taping this meeting. I tape just the audio and we make it available on a Spotify place and it's available on Apple podcast also. Uh, mostly, I think only like-minded people are listening to these. Uh, so we record it. If you don't want to be recorded and you raise your hand to share it, you can ask me to not record it either verbally, or you could do it in the chat and I will stop the recording for you. So that's it. Who's up? Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Randy. Oh, boy. Yeah, it was so good to hear you. I really needed to hear that today. Um, mm. The meditation, I love it. You've said to me before, if you just get to one, that's good enough. And, and 
I got, you know, I did a, a good five minutes, I reckon, of getting up to 10 and back down to zero. So that's a fantastic meditation. I've been, uh, since I saw you for the retreat, I've been a bit nervous about meditating. So that was really good for me. But then, then for the next 15 minutes, I was thinking about my will. And because of that thing that happened to me at the retreat, because I had a funny turn, I was thinking, oh my God, you haven't sorted out your will. And then this next 15 minutes was like, what about my pension? Who did I name as my next of kin on my pension forms? Where I better write out all my bank accounts and my rental property, and I better put all those deep. And I caught myself doing it after about 10 minutes of doing it, and I just managed to get back into meditating for another five minutes. So that was fantastic. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, you know, when you were talking about... Um, the way your mind works and you know um i can't remember exactly how you described it but you know you, your, your wife's not gonna leave you you're parking and then your wife's gonna leave you and then all that and then you're on your own and so you might as well drink you know and that's where it always takes us i was thinking you know i have had a bad couple of weeks after after that retreat i've it's just been a really difficult little time and i was thinking you know i sort of think momentarily i thought about a drink and i haven't thought about a drink for i had a 10-year anniversary recently and I haven't really thought about drink for ages, but in this last couple of weeks, I thought about a drink. And and straight away, I thought drink wouldn't help. It would make it a hundred million times worse, like pouring water on an oil fire. But then I thought, so the obviously the thing to do is to kill yourself, mm. is to walk into the sea, because alcohol's not going to help. So the only answer really is you might as well kill yourself. And it's the same rubbish, you know, I couldn't get into the parking spot, so I might as well kill myself, mm. you know. Or, you know, I'm always going to be alone, so I might as well kill myself. And it's like, and then I catch myself doing it, and I'm like, you are fucking crazy. You know, it's a bad day, it's going to pass. Ring your sponsor, for God's sake. Ring some, ring anyone. It's so dangerous being in this head on your own. And tonight, I got to the meeting, and and I hear you say it, and I realise that I'm effing crazy, but I'm not the only one. And, you know, the identification in this program, it doesn't, I know some people say it doesn't help me to identify. It doesn't help me that I know other people are crazy. But for me, for this alcoholic, this addict, when you say that about shopping, if I'm not thinking about drinking, I'll be thinking about sex or shopping or all of those behaviours. It's whack-a-mole. You know, I do all of those. I don't drink. I luckily haven't killed myself. But I will shop and I will think that that ring or that jumper or that whatever it is, that boyfriend, that lack of the boyfriend, that job, that whatever will fix me. And I come to this meeting and I realise that I'm not the only one with a head like that. And mm. those things won't fix me. What will fix me is turning. Mm. And that moment when my head shuts up, like in that first five minutes of meditation. And that's what helps me. So mm. thank you so much. It was actually pure magic to hear you tonight. Thank you so much. Thanks, Catherine. It's great to see you. I'm glad you're feeling better. Who's next? Johnny, are you raising your hand? Yes. Hi guys, Johnny, alcoholic. Hi Johnny. I was making a lovely salad as I was listening to your description of alcoholism and uh, not to rebuttal share, but uh, I'm gonna rebuttal. To Catherine, identification is everything. Identification is paramount. It says 
when I take people through the work, when we get to step four, there's a line that says resentment is the number one offender, it kills more alcohol, right? But immediately previously it says being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us, we considered its common manifestations. The way Randy's mind that he so eloquently talked about works is virtually the same way my mind works. And if I have the same thoughts as Randy and the same feelings as you, how can they be my thoughts and my feelings? Mm. That's not possible. They're alcoholism's thoughts and feelings. Mm. They may be slightly different. My greatest fear is that I'm not enough, which I think is exactly the same one that Randy talked about. But I never investigated what hold on a second I, I guess i'm done go ahead okay someone's interrupting me thanks johnny alana hi everybody alana alcohol it's great hi. great great to be here great to see you randy and uh and ann and everybody um i needed to get my 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 fix of you today so um yeah, I was having one of those kind of days, mostly to do with pet <laughs> injuries. <laughs> My Cadillac problems were driving me up the wall. So um, I loved hearing your message, and uh, it really it really helped to settle me. Um, also, I want to introduce my friend Bill, who I met in a meeting here in South Carolina. Um, he has great sobriety, and um, sort of, uh, I walked into a meeting he was leading, and it, and it really helped me get back, you know, back into the swing of the program. So I just wanted to, you know, reach out and introduce us. Hi, Bill. Thanks. Welcome. Hi, Alana. Thank you. Um, who's next? You guys are a quiet bunch today. Eric Alcoholic. Hi, Eric. How's it going? Good. Great to be here. Thank you so much, Randy. I learned something today. Uh, not to go to the Costco with Randy. <laughs> then, Because uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I'm that same guy. Mm. Um, but... Uh, yeah, really great talk today, Randy. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, you, you covered all the bases for all my fears this morning, which were so on point. And uh, just if I start sharing about them again, I'll probably just regenerate them. So you know, you, we get to the point in the in the meeting where it's just like there's nothing left to say. You know, it's just it's almost counterintuitive to start talking. Because, you know what I mean? Um, so, but I'm really grateful, and, and I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm just taking this day uh, a minute at a time, and uh, hopefully I'll be making progress. Hopefully I'll be you know progressing uh, to uh, my so my circumstances will 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 help me feel more secure in the day, and and uh, that'll that'll even further the idea that I'm in a relationship with a higher power and it doesn't depend on me to make myself happy um, or, or to make my circumstances better, I'll put it that way, um, because it does depend on me to feel better. And uh, and all I need to do is, is come to here and now and, and 
not think about all that other surrounding stuff. You know, um, mm. so I love you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Eric. Kathy. Can you unmute? I'll try again. Oh, I just muted you again. Do it again. Nope. Okay, try now. There you go. Can you hear me? Yep. Oh, good. Okay, hi everyone, I'm Kathy, alcoholic. Hi, Kathy. Randy, this is such a great meeting today. This is really fabulous. I'm, I'm just really feeling so good to be here and hear you. Um, you know, you keep saying over and over that you keep talking about the same thing over and over at every single meeting. And for this alcoholic, I, I just need to hear it over and over. I, I need to keep hearing this message because it just, it's, it, it, I, you know, there's a lot of denial that I have that I'm really not like that, <laughs> you know, that I have, that I'm, that I can depend on myself and that I'm okay. But when it really boils down to it, I, I, I know that my thought life can drive me crazy. And, um, you know, I think that coming to this meeting, um, you said that even coming to meetings doesn't really help our alcoholism, but coming to this meeting really does help treat this alcoholism. Um, because it just makes me more and more aware of, of that self-talking and that constant chatter that I have of, ugh, you're making a mistake. You're not doing it right. You're, you know, you're always doing things too fast. It's, it's that constant chatter. And during this, um, meditation today, I, I, I had the best meditation because I just decided to breathe in God and breathe out self. And I just, you know, in God, out self. And I did that for, for most of the, the 20 minutes. And it brought me to a place on a beach in the South Pacific where I was walking on the sand and where I walked into this beautiful bungalow with a lounge chair on the porch and I laid down and I really felt relaxed. And I, and I loved that I could stop my mind from that constant chatter. Mm. So I, I, I just am very grateful for this meeting and, and for your, your input. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, Kathy. Great to see you. Camille. Hi, my name's Camille. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, I live Camille. in Victoria, BC. Okay. Uh, it's, it's nice to actually talk. I have a lot of trouble talking. <laughs> it freaks me out. I don't know why. <laughs> but um, uh, just been having uh, some funny situations at work where uh, I've been off sick and I may not be able to go back, or I thought I did. And so I was put on hold for weeks and I've been really glad to see that I've been able to practice the idea that I don't know what's going to happen. I've done all I can do to find out what's going to happen. They told me to wait, and all I have to do is wait. And, and you know, I kept getting all these little 
you need to find another job. You have to go and call the union. You've got to do this, you know, but, but I'm just astounded at not at being able to stop it. And, and I think, you know, like a year ago, I, I would have been so messed up by that. So it's, it's just, it's wonderful that it actually works. And, um, and, and I was, you know, I, I was I was happy either way. Like if I can't go back to work, then something else will happen. And if I do go back to work, then I might actually find a way to like the job. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just. And then you know, and then I'm sitting there yesterday being calm. And uh, and then I'm going, well, you're not really calm, Camille, because the only reason you're calm is because nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. So when you do lose your job, then you'll see the test of whether or not you can be calm. <laughs> There's no winning. <laughs> so, it's like I don't merit the calm because there's no great test of calmness, you know, Job. There's no Job with the sores all over the body. <laughs> and then I start wishing for the test so that I can prove that I'm calm. <laughs> um, kind of crazy, but you know, it, it's like that identification thing. You know, I. I went uh, in a group I belonged to. There was this guy, and he was awesome, and he always spoke so well, and it was fantastic. And it was like, oh, you know, you really know what you're doing. And then I met him on the street and was talking to him. He said, do I sound okay? Like, mm. do I look okay? You know, and it's like we all have this. And, and it, it amazes me to see that, that, you know, no matter how accomplished I can be or how whatever that person looks, we're all we're all just the same <laughs> kid and, and I have to take heart in that but not be disappointed in that I never really get over this it's just that at least I know and that is some comfort and that I can just put that away and concentrate on whatever I can do today and that that helps make it better rather than this d- despair of I'm never going to get over this and I don't have to think about it. I don't need to get over it because everybody has it. <laughs> so, uh, thanks. Thanks, Camille. Welcome. Rebecca. Hello, everybody. My name is Rebecca and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, oh, wow. What a great meeting. I didn't really want to share. I just wanted, because what you said, just put the icing on the cake. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I can totally relate to everything you say, and um, I I have no complaints, thank you, God, because I have no complaints whatsoever. I mean, life is amazing. Um, you know, I'm able to, uh, I'm writing in the morning now, doing morning pages, which is like two-way prayer, and um, I'm answering my own questions i mean in the prayer it's um you know my higher power um is answering me back so it's so weird but yeah i mean oh by the way hi alana Mm -hmm. nice to see you um i miss you your meetings your 10-step meetings uh those are great uh, yeah, so everything's fantastic. I have no complaints, and thank you for the meeting. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Rebecca. Great to see you. Uh, is it Bill? 
Hi, my name is Bill. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Bill. Wonderful to meet all of you. Um, I so relate to everything that's been shared. The substance has never been my problem, even before I picked it up. Today, the substance is not the problem. It is still me every time I look in the mirror. You are so right. Meeting, just going to meetings, just praying, just doing the reaching out does not cure, does not treat my alcoholism. I have to do all the work. Meditation, prayer, it's a, it's a total package. I cannot stay free today on what I did yesterday. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow is a new day. Because I'm, I'm like you, Randy, I constantly project into the future based on what happened in the past. And, the, and it's the end of the world that's going to come. Mm-hmm. Because it's all based on self mm-hmm. and what I want. And the book tells me and my fourth step tells me that my selfishness and self-centeredness is my problem. And until I am rid of that, free, free from the bondage of self, mm-hmm. I'm still in the middle of the mess. So I have to continue to do the work every day. Mm-hmm. Today, you know, it's, it's how free do you want to be? Free or what? Free from the bondage of self because I'm the problem. So it takes a, you know, it's constant, the work is never done. And each day I grow a little more. Um, and it's, you know, I came into the, I walked through the door and I thought, well, all, all this is going to do for me is to help me to stop drinking. I didn't know that the fellowship and the program was going to teach me how to live life on life's terms, reasonably happy. Mm-hmm. That's a gift. And I have, I have been given that gift today. And it's wonderful to, to be able to, uh, go on a Zoom meeting and meet people that I would never meet. It's a blessing. It's good to be, it's good to have been able to participate in this meeting. Thanks. Thanks. Glad you could be with us today. Thank you for sharing. Um, let's see, we got six minutes at least. Who hasn't shared yet that would like to share? Um, yes, Paul. Hi, Paul, alcoholic with alcoholism. Hi, Paul. Hi. Um, just report in that about um, an hour and a half ago, I got back from the hospital. Mm. Had my surgery yesterday. Mm. And um, what I found very interesting is that beginning the day before the surgery, when I had to do a certain prep and all this stuff which was really unpleasant just think colonoscopy squared Um, what I started to notice and what I noticed throughout my time at the hospital was that I had totally um, given up running the show I just put myself in the hands of the present moment and whoever was in front of me and followed instructions and it was such a, it was almost like a non-event to mm-hmm. go through this procedure mm-hmm. in that sense and everybody that I met I realized uncharacteristically I had no criticism of any person I saw whether they were in caring for me or what 
smoking in the hall or whatever. It was really unusual. However, I took a taxi home. I decided I would take a taxi home from, from the hospitals, not that far from here. And um, I got it on the street in Manhattan to hail a cab. And I didn't see one right away. And somebody else across the way got one. And all of a sudden, it was I was running the show again. You know what I mean? It was up to me to run the show. I wasn't surrendered to anything. And I saw it. I saw it because it was such a stark difference from the prior three day, couple days that I was able to let it go. What a blessing. What a blessing. And I got a cab a minute later and now I'm home. And I must just say that it's so great to be with everybody here. And sorry I didn't make it time for meditation, but everybody was in, in mind. And uh, I feel the support from everyone, spoken or unspoken. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Speedy recovery. Great to see you. Um, three minutes. Anybody? Yes, Sonia. Hi, Sonia. There we go. Hi, everyone. I'm Sonia. I'm an alcoholic. I thought I'd share. Um, you know, so many people said so many things um, that stood out to me. Of course, Johnny has really, really taught me well, and, and you as well, about how we share these common symptoms. You know, of, I'm not enough, or I'm a loser. Mine is, you know, I, I won't, you know, be better and such and such and all of these things um and i i love re being reminded of this and it is about being reminded you know with the repetitive message so what because one day i'll hear you know uh you know always what is it i can't even quote it right now. <laughs> always in a hurry can't stand the word no i'll hear that one way a day and then i'll hear it completely new the next Right. So it's these messages that we need to hear over and over and over count for different times and different things happening to us. Um, another thing someone brought up, I think I, I think her name might have been Catherine, if I'm wrong. I'm sorry um, about suicide. Um, suicide is definitely something that captivates my mind and. You know, I think it's, it's again, it's sort of a symptom, like Johnny and you described, that it's just kind of what we go through. And, you know, that's, you know, we can't, we know we can't drink because we all know what we do when we're drinking and it's absolute turmoil and destruction, right? And so then we go, oh, how am I going to get this relief and let's, I'll die. I'll find a way to die. But, you know, but again, you know, when we turn and we surrender, surrender without an expectation for it to be fixed, because that's where I get scooed up, is I'll surrender all these good, you know, I'll surrender my thing with my mom, I'll surrender a thing with a friend or what, what have you. And if I have a good outcome from the surrendering, then I start expecting <laughs> it to be fixed, right? Um, and it doesn't always get fixed, but it's in that, that discovery of I'm expecting it to be fixed that it does get fixed. It's mm. truly just 
kind of remarkable the way the way turning uh, helps us, and I'm just so gr- grateful, so grateful for you guys and everyone here. I just love you all. So that's all I've got. Thanks, you guys. Thank you, Sonia. Okay, so I guess that's enough for today. Everybody uh, that wanted to share got to share. Um, what's going on? We're having a retreat in April. It's this a non-AA announcement, by the way. It's a 12-step retreat, but it's open to any any A, any person practicing 12 steps. Uh, a prayer, meditation, and mindfulness retreat. It's going to be, uh, this year we're opening it up an extra day. We usually do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're going to open it up on Thursday. And it's in Nashville, Tennessee in the last week of April. So if you can make it to that, it will be amazing. Um, what else? Uh, we meet here on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Johnny's meeting is Mondays and Ron's meeting is Thursdays. And then there's a speaker meeting on Tuesday. They all follow the format for principles and applications. So they all have 20 minutes of meditation and that's how they start. Um, I think that's about it. So I just want you to know that I appreciate all of you. I appreciate the opportunity to come here and share my story with you and and my experience. And I especially am grateful that you come and meditate with me and make sure that I meditate for 20 minutes on Wednesdays and Saturdays, no matter what, because I would wiggle out of it if I could. And um, that's it. So we'll take a moment of silence and then I'll make it so you can unmute yourselves and we'll do the serenity prayer together. God, oh, sorry, you can all unmute yourselves if you want. <laughs> we'll start over. God, courage to change. Wisdom to know the Amen. I will not mind. I will not mind. Be done. We're starting we're starting step four on Saturday. We're starting step four out of the big book. So it's gonna be quite an adventure with a bigger with a big group going through step four. So I hope you can make it. Is there a list? Be there. Um are they are they the same? Is it the same contact info for um all the other meetings? What? Are there is there is there a same contact? info for the other meetings the other days of the week no uh the other days of the week is uh, is a different number because i can't be there and this is my number so gotcha. uh, if, if you okay. go to randymermel.com you can see the other days of the week there there's a link okay, to the meeting hi nice Sybil. nice to see you guys nice to see you. all right bye okay bye hi anita nice to see you Can I ask the sheets for the step four? Um, yeah. Are, are they they're, they're somewhere different, right? They're, yeah, they're at all12steps.com. I think it's all the number 12steps.com or the jaywalker.com. One of those oh, two. Okay. All right.
And it's from Big Book Awakenings, so you could probably Google that too. Big Book Awakenings Step 4 Worksheets. Randy, right. see ya. Good to see you. Yeah, I missed Paul's chair, but did he say? Because I know he hasn't been well. I just and I, I could the chat was disabled, so I couldn't send him a personal message. Oh, the chat's disabled. Yeah, so I couldn't contact him. But um, if you see him or speak to him, can you can you just tell him I uh, that I wish him well? Yes. He's always been so kind to me, and yes. you know, just really nice. And I just yeah, I know he's having. I, I guess he's having some treatment. I yeah. think he said it was, anyway, I'm, I, you know, I don't want to speak out of turn. So if you could just send him my best, I'd I really will. appreciate it. I will. Thank you. Thank you. See, you. see you next week. All right. See you next week. Bye-bye.